Beautiful. Who's ready for the word? Well, this morning we've uh, we've asked the youth team and uh, to take over. And let me just before I get them up here, um, let me just brag. I, I just think uh, I was up there on Sunday night last Sunday night at the camp. And uh, sometimes you don't realise how much it takes to pull together a camp. It takes a lot of organisation, a lot of detail. And uh, there's so many people to thank for what they've done. I'm sure Maddie is going to do some of that. But um, they do such a brilliant job. They do an incredible job, Maddie and the whole team and some of the host parents. And uh, I think from all reports, they just have a fantastic time. They do a really good job and they have a great time. And some of you need to sign up to be host parents. You just have moves of God and, and the food is amazing. We had on um, Sunday night, I can't even say it right, jambalaya. It was just off the chart. Brian and Jerry and, and Gareth was involved as well. But we're going to hear a lot about camp and we just love, I just love to do this because I think if they had a great move of God and it's good to bring that excitement back with them and bring it into our service and hear from some of the kids and what God did. Amen. So why don't we give Maddie a hand as she comes. <laughs> Round of applause. Thank you. I am excited. I feel like there I have so, so, so much to share with you guys this morning. And I'm just so excited. You have, we have so much in store. There's going to be heaps of kids up here this morning. But like Dad did just then, I'm gonna, just going to elaborate a little bit more. Before we even get into anything, I have a long list of thank yous. Um, and I would hope that you guys could thank along with me. We could give some a round of applause where honor is due, amen. Um, because there is no way we would have been able to pull off this camp without the t tens of, of 20s of volunteers. Um, so first of all, I want to thank our incredible camp parents. So we had Ann and Jerry, we had Fernando, we had Gareth, we had Kerry, we had Yuli. We had an army of camp parents this year. And I don't know if you've ever been to a youth camp, but I feel like you can never have too many parents at a youth camp. Amen? It almost gave us youth leaders the release to just be young adults and get in with the kids and all the serious stuff. I mean, Jerry, there were some pranks that went down, and Jerry was onto that like nothing I've ever seen. He was breaking that up. He was like, we don't do that here. So massive, massive thank you to them. Um, and then also a massive thank you to my beautiful My Youth Leaders. Um, if you could just go crazy for them. Um, they worked tirelessly. Can I share a story with you? Do you want to hear a story about the events of camp? So we go to set up camp on the Saturday beforehand. Um, and if some people are already laughing because they, they know what I'm about to say. But we set up the camp. We drive up to Kurichuang. It's about half an hour and a half away and we set up the camp on Saturday. So we're here, 9 a.m., Saturday morning, after youth the following night. Vans, multiple vans packed up, cars ready, loaded to go. We've got stages, sound equipment, everything you could think of to make a camp. And we get in the car, and we're headed on our way to Kurajong, and Dad gives us a call, and he says, Mads, because we're ready to get there midday, pack it out, go home to bed early. He calls me, and he says, Mads, there's another camp on till 10 p.m. at night. 
So you're going to have to hang around and you're just going to have to bump in, do an all-nighter and see how you go. So we go into panic, of course, and then I was with V in the car at the time and I'm thinking I've got to make six different calls to six different cars to tell them all of the events. And so we start praying and, and praise to God the, the time goes from 10 to 7 p.m. Or no, you can come at 7 p.m. and then it ends up changing to around about 5 but we rock up there with all of our gear and we basically just had to dump it and go and hang out at the local RSL for five hours <laughs> as a youth team when we know we have so much to do. We literally just had to sit there and hang out um, and then go in and go and pack up that night. So they were running on very low sleep. Um, but it ended up being amazing. We ended up getting to bond as a team for five hours right before the camp. I don't think anyone in the history of large events has ever had the pleasure of doing that. So it was definitely a difficulty, but I believe God used it to the fullest and we were strong and we were filled and we were ready to go. Um, but yeah, incredible, incredible camping. You're going to hear about that, not just from my words this morning, but you're going to hear from some of the youth and the leaders. And I'm so, so, so excited. Um, but do you want to see some footage of what we actually got up to before we go? Do you want to see some photos, some videos? We're going to turn to the screen. We've got a little video of what we got up to. Thanks, guys.
Amazing. So obviously that is the smallest, smallest snippet of, of what went down. And we actually have a plan of uh, a different kind of video, kind of highlights video that's going to go around to the youth. That'll be more fun. Because obviously photos, you can't get a whole lot. But we have tons of footage. We just didn't have time to bring it all together um, on such short notice. But that will be to come. Um, but if you saw in those last few pictures, one of the things that we love to do on the last day of camp is we just have a testimony session. So the last morning, we actually don't have a sermon. We just get the kids up um, and they just share, you know, what their personal impacts were throughout the camp. Um, and I, I mean, I love this. We get tons of amazing guest speakers and, and all sorts of stuff going down. But I absolutely adore this session. And so I thought, why not bottle up some of what happened in that session? Because obviously you weren't able to be there and share some of that with you this morning. Is that all right, church? So I'm actually going to invite a few of our young people up and their leaders. So we've got Lulu Reyna and Celeste and Rachel, or either one, are going to jump up. We've got Lana and V are going to jump up. Sam Plant and Luke Richardson and... Joel Richardson and Tyrell are all going to jump up. So if you've, if you've never, you can give them a round of applause. How exciting. So if you don't um, know the layout of how we do my youth, we actually have, we call them lifeies. So in church we have life groups um, and in youth we have lifeies because why not? Um, and so we have, these are pretty much all of our different age groups. So we have younger guys, younger girls, older guys, older girls. So this is one from every age group. Are you excited this morning? So they're basically going to stand with their leaders and they're just going to share, first of all, I would say share your name and what camp this is for you. So is it your first, second, third, fourth, fifth? Share us what your name is and what camp it is and a highlight or a testimony or something. So Joel's going to kick us off with his and then he'll pass it on to Tyrell. Are you ready, church? All right, I'm excited. Joel, take it away. My name's Joel. Um, this is my second My Youth Camp, um, my first as a leader. Um, and a highlight, oh, there's a lot of things, um, a lot of good things. Um, let's see, I really enjoyed uh, on the second night we did a tunnel of fire, I think that's what they called it. That was pretty awesome. Hi, my name's Tyrell. This is my second My Youth Camp. Um, my favorite thing about it was probably the tribal wars and the praise. Hi, my name's Lana, and um, this is probably my third camp, and my highlight was um, the second night when we were doing worship and the tribal wars. Hi, I'm Veronica, um, and I think I've been to about four or five camps by now, I really can't remember, but um, highlight would just literally be the whole camp. There is no highlight because everything was just amazing. Uh, I'm Rachel. This is my second camp, and my highlight was definitely the food. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lulu, and this is my second year of camp. And my highlight, I think, would be um, mainly the workshop. I went to the music one, and there was a lot of great things to like kind of talk about. Hi, my name's Celeste. Um, I think this is like fourth or fifth camp. And my highlight was probably just the messages that were shared throughout. Hey, I'm Luke. Um, this is my second camp. And my highlight was probably worship. 
Hi, my name's Sam. This is my fourth my camp, and uh, probably the highlight was um, pranking the girls' cabin. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't me. <laughs> the funny thing about Sam is he was actually coming to my youth camps before he even came to Bay City, um, which I find interesting. You he says fourth or fifth, and you're like, hang on, he's been around for a year. But that's actually how you came to find Bay City was my camps, hey, which is crazy. Um, love the highlights, but I know definitely for all of you specifically, there was um, words spoken over you and, and people prayed over you and moments you had. So is anyone game to, to volunteer um, a word that was spoken or a moment or a revelation they had? We're pointing at Luke. I know Luke has an awesome one, so I'm going to give it to Luke. <laughs> Well, um, second night of camp, uh, I definitely was uh, really encouraged. So I was, we were asked about our calling and purpose in life, and I was just, I don't know, confused, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really think about it that much. And I was just, I don't know, I've always had like a lot of fear, like for the future, I don't know. And, uh, I got like a lot of like pe great people just to s like pray over me and it was just really encouraging so and by the end of the night I just was really excited for the future like I wasn't it no more fear I was just yeah there was just I was so encouraged just to move forward and just do what I could to like live as a Christian and yeah just really encouraging, yeah. And then the beautiful Lane is going to share as well what, what she got out of it. Um, mine was probably the second night of camp and um, a lot of leaders were talking, like speaking leadership over me and that was just like, like opened my eyes a lot, like opened my eyes. Um, and I think um, it's given me a lot more confidence to do things and I want to get more involved at like church and youth and yeah. Amazing. Why don't we give them one final clap? Thank you all. You can take your seats. You guys are amazing. And we still have so much more planned this morning, guys. You have no idea. But I just wanted to share, um, I, I, I wanted this service to be about them rather than, you know, put a sermon in or, or speak specifically about anything. I really wanted you to almost experience what they experienced. Obviously, we can't transport you all there. Um, but I just can't emphasize enough how much God moved during this camp. And um, this would probably be our fifth fifth youth camp that we've done and particularly the final night of camp I've never seen God move so heavily in young people's lives in my life um, and I, I know I'm probably biased to my own youth camp but have been to, to other youth camps as well and never in my life have I have I seen him move so powerfully um, and just impact so evidently it's one thing for you to sort of um, feel um, God move amongst you, but then to actually hear it from, from the young people and hear the exact same thing, it just justifies it so much more. 
Um, and it just, it just was so significant how, how God mo- moved in and through them. And I honestly wish I could get all 90 of them up on the stage this morning and we could just sit and listen because your eyes would just be so broadened to what they have to hear. So talk to your kids when you get home. I'm sure when they came home straight from camp, you probably got three words of how camp was because they were so tired. Um, but honestly, speak to them because they, they were impacted like nothing I've ever seen. Um, and something I wanted to just share this morning and, and kind of the theme that ran through our whole camp was this idea of cycles. Everybody say cycles. And um, I had a bit of a, a word for this particular generation, but I don't believe that it's, you know, it's just for them. I believe it's for all of us. But I really felt that, that they were a generation that didn't know what they were called to do. You know, you even, you even hear Luke standing up here with his testimony. You know, he, he wasn't really sure what, what he was supposed to do. And I believe that that was the case for so many of them, a generation that didn't know what they were called to do. But I believe that they didn't know and, and some of them don't know what they're called to do. And I believe that is the reason because what they're called to do has not been done before. What they have had placed on their life by God and yourself, like claim this over yourself as well. They may be young, but we are a generation right now, amen? They may be the future generation, but right now in Bay City, this is the generation. And I believe that this is a generation that is called to do what has not yet been done. And this idea of cycles is that the enemy wants you to stick in the cycle of normality. He wants you to stick in in the cycle of, of things staying how they are of not changing, of not moving forward, of not stepping out into the unknown. And I believe that's why so many of our young people don't know what to do because it hasn't been done before. And this idea of stepping out and being that first person, the enemy will cling to the fear of that. He'll cling to the unknown of that and he'll make that disqualify themselves from anything because it hasn't been done before. And so this this whole, I guess, theme of the camp was being all in for God and being you know, all in for his plan for your life. But it was also about breaking the cycle. In Isaiah 43, it talks about how God is making a new thing. It says, so I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. There's no remakes here. He doesn't want to do remakes with your life or with your past life, or your family's life. He doesn't want to remake. He doesn't want to do cycles. He wants new, and he wants fresh, and he's declared that over you. And there's some people within this room, and and there's young people who are at that camp that weren't here today, that they are the key to these new things. They are the key to generational breakthroughs. They are the key to stepping out of the cycle. And if they're not encouraged, and, and if you don't believe that, and if you don't claim that, you're the key to it. How's it going to happen? He's placed that over your life. He's called that over your life. It's in the presence of God that you discover your purpose. You will never discover what you are supposed to do in the presence of other people. You will never discover what you are supposed to do, what God has placed over your life in the presence of other people, asking other people, what should I do? Looking at other people and what they're doing, oh, that's what I will do. You will never discover your purpose. You will discover your purpose in the presence of God. 
And that's why I value these, these camps and these moments and, and getting your young people to youth on a Friday and, and getting them in church because that is where the presence of God is. The presence of God is everywhere, amen, and we are always in it. But these moments are what ignites and nurtures them and pushes them. And I'll, I will testify this all the years of my life. I can look back at the 10 or so years that I was in youth ministry. And honestly, I couldn't tell you one sermon. <laughs> I couldn't tell you one title of a sermon. I could tell you who preached, but I couldn't tell you what they preached on. But I can tell you exactly what happened at these camps. I can tell you exactly the moments and the revelations and, and the words spoken at these camps, which is why I emphasize them so much because I believe God just has so much to give in these moments and in, in discovering yourself. Um, there are people who are trying to figure out what to do when they don't know who they are. And you can't figure out what you're supposed to do and what your purpose is if you don't already know who you are. And especially with our young people, and, and I'm sorry if, if I'm preaching to them this morning, but it's, we're talking about youth camp. Um, but the world tells them who they're supposed to be through songs, through TV shows, through Netflix, through whatever. The world tells them who they're supposed to be. And they will never know what they're supposed to do if who they are is so morphed. But can I tell you who God tells them that they are? His word of God says that they are chosen. His word of God says that they are daughters and sons of the highest king. His word of God says that they have purpose, that, they, that he has a plan for them. His word of God says that they are loved and they are valued and they are precious. They are set apart. And in Matthew, let me get my automatic Bible out. In Matthew 22:14, it says that many are called, but fair few are chosen. And what I understand about this verse and what this verse speaks to me is that from the day you were knitted together in your mother's womb, you were called. You were called. But the difference between being called and to being chosen is that in order to be chosen, in order to be the one, you know, God... God used Moses in the Bible in order for him to be the chosen one. He had to step up to the plate. And although he was so timid and although he couldn't speak before Pharaoh and although there was so much he felt he couldn't do in order to be the chosen one, in order to be Moses and all that he did, he was already called from the beginning. But in order to step into what he was chosen for, he had to say, okay, God, I'm willing. Every single person in this room is called but in order to step into what God has chosen you for, you need to step forward. He's already planned your life. But if you're, if you're not going to walk out in it, you're not going to get chosen. And it's not a who's the fittest, who's the best. He's got a specific plan for you. Specific plan for you. But if you don't step forward, you will not be chosen. And um, throughout this camp, you know, you experience stuff yourself, but just hearing from these young people the, the issue of cycles and how much it resonated with them. And shortly, we're just going to go into a bit of an item, and they might prepare that behind me while I get ready. We have some chairs and some things. Some people are going to bless you. Your ears are about to be blessed. Um, but I just, I just want to emphasize enough that I believe in this room there's there's a generation of people who are going to break the cycle. 
And there's a generation of people who are going to break addiction within their family. And there's a generation of people who are going to bring healing and restoration to the people around them. There's a generation in this room who are going to step out and proclaim into the darkest areas, into situations that people haven't set foot in, into circumstances that people can't even wrap their head around, the ideas and the needs and the words within this room and within this generation. And I believe it is, it is my job and it's our job as leaders and as parents and as an older generation to nurture that, to bring confidence into that, to push them, to know that we are their shoulders, amen, that they can stand upon us. And so these guys are going to bless you with a beautiful song. There's going to be some videos of camp and, and um, some lyrics on the screen, but just enjoy. Be blessed. Thanks, guys.
Well, I'm wondering if we could all just jump to our feet and to end what we've just done here. Can we pray for this generation? Is that all right this morning? And I'd actually love to invite my parents to jump up and Dave and Mona, if that's okay. Um, And I would love for you guys to just pray over this generation as we close this service and as we close what we've been doing this morning. So I'm going to hand to them. Why don't you stretch your hands? If you're near a young person, why don't you lay hands on them? Um, and then join with us as we, as we pray. Awesome. Let's give them a hand. That was incredible. just want to invite the youth leadership team up onto the stage. We're going to lay hands on you and pray. The Bible says to lay hands and pray, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for this upcoming generation. This is the church. We are the church. This is the church of the future. And I'm so excited to see what God is doing in the hearts and lives of these gorgeous kids. Who's excited? Beautiful, beautiful kingdom of God. So we've got all the youth leaders up here. Awesome. Can we get you guys to huddle a bit? Can we cover you? Huddle, huddle, huddle. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness, God, from generation to generation. God, you are faithful. God, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. God, we just proclaim your goodness and your future and your hope, God. We thank you for the heights, God, that this next generation is going to reach, God, breaking cycles, God, of addiction, of... um, of just iniquity and bondage, God, that are in families and in the hearts and lives of families in our community, God, in their own families, God. I thank you that it stops with them in Jesus' name. I thank you that the power of God dwells richly within them, God. Father, today I just pray that you would just begin to awaken, God, what it is that you have for them, God. Father, every single member of my youth and the ministry, God, within the hearts and lives of our church family, God, rekindle a flame, awaken what it is that you've called us to do, God. Each and every single person here, Lord, I thank you, Father, that we are a generation who will step forward, that we will say, choose me, God, use me, God. Father, whatever I've been created for, whatever I've been placed on, on this earth for. God, I pray that you'll cause us to step forward. God, to rise up. 
and be a generation chosen and called of God to bring about his plans and his purposes and his kingdom in the earth. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would anoint these kids, that you would anoint these leaders, anoint them for great things, anoint them for mighty works, anoint them to bring generations to come, Lord, to you, Lord. Father, this community, this city, this great nation, God, I thank you that they are called to, to remove cycles of iniquity, to remove bondage, in Jesus' name, to set at liberty the captives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Spirit of God. You know, I've got a, a word for this youth group, for this team. You know, I just get this vision. There are just so many households right across this community. And God's going to give you access to those homes through the kids that come to youth. And just as Maddie is actually, you know, this song and this, this thought, Maddie, is that that's a, a prophetic word over your youth ministry and over you as a team. That this God's strategy is to open a doorway into homes that have been, God has been locked out, but the doorway is youth. And I see a generation of young, young little men and little girls who are opening the doorway to God and just standing back and watching God come into these homes where the enemy is kept captive. And you're going to bring in the freedom of Christ because that's a, also a message over this house. And you're, it's going to be through this youth. There's going to be these households all out here. The enemies are m mad. Because you're onto something here. You're gonna there's cycles of addiction and abuse and depression and iniquities just floating around in these homes. But there's gonna be little young men and women who are gonna open the door to God into these households and it's gonna come into a, a whole household, into a whole generation. Grandmothers and fathers and mothers and cousins are gonna get saved as you open these doors to what you guys are doing. And I believe it. You're going to break cycles. And God's going to expand this team. And you're going to see a lot of youth that his parents aren't here, but one day are going to be here because of this. Amen? Dave, Mona? I just really feel to say that um, there's a very powerful unity in amongst these guys up here, and uh, which which can't be underestimated. And I just want to encourage you guys to hold on to that unity that you have. There's a, there's a strength in your unity, and it's not something that we always see, but we're certainly seeing it in this season. And um, I just want to encourage you all to not take that for granted and recognize the power in that. And um, to always be working toward maintaining and strengthening and growing that unity that you have. And, uh, you know, it, I kind of all see you all like just in a circle and just reflecting off the enemy's um, attempts 
and what he, you know, what he's trying to do when he comes against you to break that unity that you guys just need to, to maintain that circle and continue to, to stand in unity and agreement together and be aware, be always aware and alert because there is a, a huge anointing on this team. And church, as a church, we need to get behind these guys because I kind of see them at the forefront. Even though they're the younger generation, I see them at the forefront and, uh, and they are going ahead. They are miles ahead of us. You know, can I just say, these guys are breaking ground and, um, and they're doing it uh, with such a, 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 a just a, an innocent faith. Like, it's, it, there's no, um, oh, what's the word? Like, they just believe. These guys just believe. And the more words and truth are spoken over them, the more they're going to grow in their strength and power and in the authority that's over their lives. Guys, you guys have authority in Jesus' name. So stand together and maintain that unity in, and walk in that authority that he, he's given you. And don't ever, ever, ever let the enemy in. Ever. This morning before Creative, we have our devotionals. And um, our verse of the day today is out of Jeremiah. And that is, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And for the youth, for you guys, God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. His plan and his purposes for you are rock solid. Trust in God. Trust in what he speaks over your life. Trust in the plans and the purposes that he has, no matter what the adversity, what the trials are that you're going through. And that's for all of us. Trust in God. Know that God has got a perfect plan. And let's break these cycles. Let's get out of these cycles. You know, it's coming from an older generation of church. I can tell you all about cycles. You know, it's so good that the youth at this point understand that. I wish I understood that at this age, at their age. Let's break these cycles. Amen. Beautiful. Give them a hand as they take a seat. Well done. Beautiful. Amen. You know, for me, um, that's what Lifestyle of Freedom is about. Amen. Our heart is and desire is more than anything is is to bring people to break. You know, if you're not free in some area of your life, you just go around circles. Simple as that. You go round and round circles. And you don't actually get to the next level of what God's called you to. And there's many believers that sit in the house of God and, and you just go around circles. So that's one of our announcements. Not this Sunday, but following Sunday, Sunday week. We've got Lifestyle of Freedom on a Sunday night, and it's going to be all about um, shame because some people just, you can't get it. We're going to try and break that over your life. Hey, man, we're going to have our, come around our giving. So, Anne Rayner, get prepared as she comes. She's around our giving. Come on in. Give her a hand. Hi, so... Um, I just want to reiterate, I was there at youth camp. It was 
amazing. <laughs> I just want to give a special shout out to Fernando because um, I don't know if some of you know, I, um, I was doing most of the cooking there, but I have um, a little carpal tunnel in both my wrists and so I struggle with chopping. He was literally my hands for the whole week, he, <laughs> the whole few days. He was amazing. Yuli, Jerry and Kerry were the arms and legs. They were lifting all these huge pots and uh, it was a, a massive logistical um, effort. <laughs> um, but Fernando was just in there just, yeah. <laughs> he was really amazing in the kitchen, incredible to work with, just the most, the most easygoing, chilled guy I've ever met. So <laughs> was thank you so much, everybody. Um, sort of flowing on from what we've been talking about this morning, <laughs> um, there is a connection. Um, I just want to ask you a question. What do you think the secret to happiness is? Think about that for a minute. Um, because what I do know is um, I can give you the answer to this one. What's the secret to unhappiness? So the secret to unhappiness is to focus completely on yourself. Think about your own thoughts, your own feelings, spend your resources on yourself. Just you. Make it all about you. That's guaranteed unhappiness. Um, it's easily observable when you look around the world, uh, but it's also backed up by the truth of Scripture. Romans 7, 5 says, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself so serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. The sinful nature, that's what we're up against. So here are some examples of what happens if you feed into the sinful nature in your life and it's working for you. When we're blessed... The sinful nature produces pride. When others succeed, the sinful nature produces envy. When we do something good, the sinful nature is self-righteous. When we do something wrong, the sinful nature goes into denial. When we suffer, the sinful nature indulges self-pity. When we don't get what we want, the sinful nature gets irritable and frustrated. And when we're required to give, we do it begrudgingly. And we think that we deserve praise for it. If we sow into our sinful nature, then that's what we'll reap from. Sin enslaves us and it leads to misery and death. So what then is the secret to happiness? It's a clue. It's the opposite. <laughs> so sowing into the godly nature, the spiritual man, the man that's alive in us through Christ, brings forth joy. As we grow in Christ, the fruits of the Spirit change us from the inside out and we begin to shift our focus outwards instead of inwards. So, when we're blessed, we're grateful. When others succeed, we rejoice. When we do something good, we know that it's Jesus at work in us, not ourselves. When we do something wrong, we repent and we move forward. When we suffer, we persevere and we're patient. When we don't get what we want, we trust in God's wisdom. And when we're required to give, it brings us joy. Acts 20.35 says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, this is perhaps the most disbelieved verse in the Bible. How can the giver be happier than the getter? I mean, we, it just goes against our instincts. Um, yet we can glean so much happiness from seeing how God is glorified in our giving when we see others blessed through it. So let me have a look at just a couple of reasons why this is the case that it's actually better to give than to get. Giving obeys God's command. The Old Testament has lots of commands about it. The New Testament backs it up. So um, with, there's a clear link between the Old and the New Testament in this command to give. 1 Corinthians 1-2 is, is one of them. 
But um, as all of God's commands are given to enhance our lives, it therefore flows on from that 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 will make us happy. Number two, giving is the nature of God's heart. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. That's in James 1.17. And his image bearers, as us, we're called to copy his giving. The larger our hearts, the more clearly we get a picture of God's character and his character loves to give and finds joy in it. Three, giving trust in God's provision. The biggest deterrent for giving is fear. The fear that we, if we give away, we won't have enough for ourselves. When we give, we're expressing our faith and trust in God. We're putting our money where our mouth is. <laughs> it's such a joy to see God fulfill his promise of provision when we obey him. Number four, our giving. There's more than three points. How's that? Um, <laughs> our giving makes God happy. God loves a cheerful giver. It says that in the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 2, 7. It delights him to see his people gladly opening their hearts and provide for the needs of his church and the people around them. There's nothing that makes a Christian happier than knowing they've made God happy. And the last one. Giving promotes sanctification. This is a big one. It not only promotes God work, God's work through us, but also God's work in us. Sanctification. Giving money, especially when it's hard, requires self-denial. But every act of giving weakens our sinful nature and allows God's grace to spread in our hearts. Money might leave our accounts, but sin also leaves our hearts, and that's priceless, as the ad says. <laughs> so in conclusion, what's the, happy, what's the secret to happiness? It's to focus outwards, focus on others. I can testify to that after camp. All of us camp parents, <laughs> we had nothing left in the tank. I'd be exhausted, didn't, didn't even touch what it was to come home from that camp. But we were incredibly fulfilled, all of us. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and it was, we gave everything. There was nothing left when we got home. <laughs> so um, a huge part of giving, uh, a huge part of being outward focused is giving. So that's generosity. Generosity of the heart, generosity in our actions. So I want to challenge us all today. Look at the needs of others around you. There is joy just waiting for you to grasp it, the joy of bringing joy to someone else. And above that, give to God's work in this house. We crowdfund God's kingdom. That's the way he's designed it. It didn't have to be like that. He could have poured money out of heaven. He did it that way so that we could engage in the joy of providing for his people. It's, it's our thing. We do it together. So um, we can engage in that by joining in his joy. Um, so if the ushers would come now. Um, I'll just pray over the offering. Lord, I pray that you would bring joy to this congregation, Lord, as we provide for your house. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and give us all a spirit of generosity, Lord, that it, th this house will be known as a place of generosity, Lord God. I know that it already is, but Lord, that even more so, each of us that aren't involved in something specific in this church, Lord God, that we will, that generosity will flow from our hearts, Lord God, in all our interactions, in the people around us, our neighbours, the kids, friends, everybody, Lord God, that we will just be generous people, Lord God. And I pray that you'll bless this offering, Lord Jesus, and bless this house in Jesus' name. Fantastic. Let's get the creative team back up as we go through some announcements. Um, how are we doing? We good? couple of announcements. Life groups are back next week. Say life groups. Make sure you're a part of that. 
this week. So with our ladies group on Tuesday and right the way through um, nights, we've got our life groups up and running. Um, also, next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have our Cambodia Missions Sunday. Next Sunday, um, we're going to focus in on that. And, uh, you know, if you're not aware of what we're doing in Cambodia, we'll, I'll leave it up till then, but we've got an amazing uh, operation that we're doing over there at the moment, building schools and all sorts of things we're doing over there. You're going to hear a lot about that next week. So come prepared to hear and be envisioned with what we're doing in Cambodia. Um, also, I mentioned uh, Lifestyle of Freedom is on not this Sunday, not tonight, but uh, following next Sunday night. And I just encourage you, you know, it's not just for you. Um, this message on shame is also for those around you. And uh, it's an area in people's life that people need to be locked, unlocked in. So 6 p.m. Sunday night, bring people on. We have a coaching environment. It's uh, a focus on that topic of shame. And also, we have our Spring Fest. Everyone say Spring Fest. So we need to, we've got some flyers which we're going to move out to the cafe. You need to grab some of these and let 